Hey everybody, welcome to Row Hunting Resources Podcast, and quite honestly, I don't even know if I want to give it that uh, introduction. Um, maybe this just needs to be a Chris Rowe podcast. Maybe I, well, there's the, 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 the shittery about, okay, let's just, wow, here we go. Let's just start at the beginning. Do you remember that episode where I said Chrissy's going to start talking? Okay, let's start talking. And let's start talking to Afghanistan. Um, first and foremost... I want to make some qualifications about what, I, what, what this discussion is, is for. Quite honestly, this discussion is for me and people who are probably thinking along the same lines as I am and, and feeling frustrated. And I want to reiterate what I just said. This podcast is for me. So I really don't care what you think. Um, there's going to be swearing in this. And I'm not proud of that. Trust me, I'm not. Um, I, I do, a, I work hard every day when I'm talking, uh, in public to keep my language, uh, appropriate for all ages and, and all environments. Cause, um, <clears throat> there's something to be said about not having just to, to use profane language. Uh, the, the reality is it is just part of when I am comfortable around people or when I just go into my subconscious mode and, and just let ideas out of my head, there's going to be language. I, I don't know if it came from college. I don't, care if, I don't know if it came from military. <clears throat> it's probably all a combination of all the above. Um, a lot of my friends use, you know, four-letter words as adjectives, nouns, pronouns, it is who I am. I'm not, I'm not proud of it. It is what it is. It's just the reality. So sorry. So this this podcast, this this discussion is going to have a lot of swearing in it. I can guarantee it right now because that's the only way I can uh, articulate some of my thoughts. I, again, I apologize. If you don't want to hear me with, with bad language, just hit, just click it off now. Just click it off now. Again, I'll have some other elk-related podcasts. I'll have some other deer-related podcasts. I'll have some other podcasts, and we'll keep it clean. We'll keep it G or PG-rated. Um, that's not what this is for. This is this is for me um, and my mental health because I need to talk about it. <clears throat> because last year in 2020, I didn't talk about things that were bothering me, what I was seeing going on, and it really put me in a dark place. And now I see what's going on over in Afghanistan right now, and I'm, I, I find myself mentally just really wanting to slip into that really brutally dark place uh, where, and, and in this case, it's even worse because there's not a damn thing I can do about it. And I know there's a lot of other people feeling frustrated right now about what they're watching, what they're seeing, what they're not seeing. And that the fact that there just doesn't seem to be any freaking thing going, you know, positive movement in the right direction. Um, and so, like I said, last year in 2020, during all the riots, when when we watched all the riots happening across the country, and I, and I, I can dive into it a little bit more here in a minute, but it, I ended up getting into a pretty dark place and, uh, mentally <clears throat> for myself because I didn't talk about it. And I should have talked about it. At least get some ideas off my chest. Just get some stuff out. 
I don't know. Just it, there's a, there's there's something cathartic about just talking about shit and getting it off your chest. It it really seems like for me, if I can just put v- put voice to my thoughts and just get it out there, it just helps me mentally. It just it just helps, and and I, and and so that's what this is for. I. I I'm I'm really I'm really having a hard time staying focused on getting ready for elk season and getting these other podcasts done and other videos done and uh, habitat stuff done. So um, I, I've got to just I have to vent. I'm sorry, I have to vent, um, and I'm gonna do it with you because a this is a way I can talk to you but b because it seems like there's a hell of a lot of you out there that are probably feeling the same damn frustrations that I am and maybe it will be good for you to hear somebody say the things that you're thinking of so you can also scream into your your um your speakers on your vehicle or your headphones or wherever you you know whatever so you can just so you A, know that you're not alone in what you're thinking. B, if I'm sounding like a dumbass, you can say, you're a freaking dumbass, Ro. And then guess what? You can go and you can either put it on a uh, an Instagram post or whatever. You can respond. You can send me a message and say, you were off base here or you were off base there. Or you can say, no, you were on base here and you're, you're right on the money here. At least it gives you an outlet to, to vent as well. I don't care if you if you don't like anything that I'm about to say. Fine, but if it if it gives you the mental uh, outlet to engage for yourself, then okay, fine. I then I'll do it. Here we go. So just that's what this is. I want to I want to vent a little bit on what I'm seeing around some of this Afghanistan stuff, and it's pissing me the freaking. Okay, I'm gonna try. Uh... I'm going to try to do my best to keep my the f bombs minimal. No 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 promises. Um real quick, uh, you're going to hear that there's an air conditioner running on in the background. Sorry, it's another um so I'm back home, Northwest Kansas, and this summer's just been absolutely brutal. I mean, the the number of of high 90s and heat index days above 100 has been stupid, and the number of days that we've had at 100 degrees or more has been stupid. So here we are, day four or five, uh, where the temperature, what is the temperature right now? It's freaking ridiculous. Temperature right now is 99.8. Yeah, there you go. Heat index, yeah. So we're, we're at 100 degrees again, and the heat index is above 100 it's been like that these past several days. It's just brutal out there. You can't do a damn thing out there. Um, and then tomorrow's going to be the exact same thing. So my studio, it's and it's it's also the mid afternoon right now. So I'm this studio is getting full sun, even though we've got it insulated eight ways from Sunday. That the, the heat just comes through. So I'm not going to sit here and just sweat my nads off. I've got the air conditioning on. I'll try to edit out some of the low rumble in it, but just suck it up and be. I listen to this. You can hear me just fine. So just understand. Just pretend you're in the room with me and the air conditioning's running. I've got two beers sitting right next to me, and I don't know if I should have gone in and grabbed the whole damn six pack because I don't think two are going to make make it last through this entire thing. But we'll see. Um, yeah, so there you go. And, and like I said, it, it, you know, I, I said before, Chrissy's going to start talking and I did, I did want, you know, it's a, it's right now. If you want to, 
if you want to dive into understanding ideology, I did an entire two and a half hour discussion, understanding ideology with, a, with I mean, video. So I had the whiteboard and everything. That's on the members for, members part of the Row Hunting Resources page under the uh, podcast. And there was some real good information in there. There was some real heart-to-heart information in there. But I know that I haven't had other ones that I told you I probably was going to have. Well, so maybe this is going to be the kickoff of the first one. I don't know. Um, but you guys wanted it. We'll buckle the freaking hell up because here we go. Because I'm, I'm... So last year, let's let's just really briefly visit last year and where I was. So all these riots are happening on, around the United States. Um, and I'm watching our cities just burn. I'm watching our businesses, small businesses. So if you're not a small business owner, maybe you don't appreciate what it means to have someone attack your business, attack your name, attack your infrastructure, and just shut you the freaking hell down to where you can't function. Or it's going to cost you a significant amount of money to function. And I know there's people like, oh, well, those businesses, they had insurance. The fuck they did? No, that's not what insurance is for. And that's not how insurance works. Because, okay, let's just say they did have insurance that did cover that type of damage, which many of them did not. But let's just say they did, and they were able to recover because they got a, a, an insurance check. Do you know what their insurance premiums are going to be now? It, it, insurance is great because you can use it. But if you use it, you're going to get screwed because then you've used it. And that's 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 not how the insurance game plays. And guess what? Your premiums go right through the freaking roof. Especially if you are going to continue to do business in an area that your insurance company deems as a high-risk area. So when you're these small businesses in these cities... And you're trying to you're trying to stay afloat. You've pro- again, people. If you just work for someone, and you have no decision making about day to day operations, you don't have a skit an ounce of your own flesh and skin in the game. And all you're doing is running, pushing paper for someone else, or you're doing activities and labor for someone else, and you're just simply capturing a paycheck. I understand where your tunnel vision on what you experience and what you see from day to day might not give you a complete picture on what it means to actually run a business especially a small business, especially a small business where it's a mom and pop where maybe it's my business and I've sunk all my blood, sweat, and tears into getting this thing up and running. Maybe I was doing all of my the improvements of the, the shop. Maybe I was building the counters. Maybe I was the one back there scrubbing out all the, uh, the, the sinks and the, the stoves and all the, if it's a restaurant, all the, all the just shit that goes into getting something up off the ground. The time, the money, the, the commitment, the family sacrifices. There's so much that goes into a small business. I sat and I watched so many small businesses across the United States in these cities. Again, I'm not going to hold any punches. In liberal progressive cities. that's They happened in liberal leftist progressive, postmodern progressive leftist ideological cities that are run by that. Why? Because that's where those places, uh, they were allowed to do them there. You didn't see those type of riots happen in other places where they would have gotten their ass whooped by the A, the general populace, and B, the local police and the governing body of that community. No. Most of these happen in some of more liberal 
if you will, and I've got to be careful of it because I, I have tremendous respect for a lot of my liberal friends. And if you under if you went and you watched that video on understanding ideology, you're t- I'm talking about those people that are on the upper half of the ideological circle, the, the color wheel there, the upper half where the their lives are not generally run by ends justify the means. There's there's process oriented. There's there's rational thought. There's there's a process that goes through. The, you can be left or right in that uh, on that upper hemisphere. And and I embrace my liberal friends. We may not agree on everything, but I can respect your thought processes and your value sets on how you formulate your values and how you formulate what you want to see as public policy when we're talking about political stuff. I have no problem with liberals. The issue are postmodern progressive leftists that have hijacked your entire freaking shit. What we're seeing here now with this administration and what we're seeing in Afghanistan. We'll get to that in a minute. But so when I say liberal, my apologies. I'm not talking about you... I hope you're intelligent enough to understand who I'm talking to about and, and who I'm not, okay? I'm just going to put it that way. Because, again, like I talk about in understanding ideology, you can have cons- the quote-unquote conservative, those people that are on the right, that are uber far right, that are your ultra-Trumpers and your extreme ultra-far right that are down in the that lower, what you could say south, what, you know, from 3 o'clock to 6 o'clock on that, that color wheel spectrum. Okay, they are on the quote-unquote right side of the spectrum. But man, they have a completely different ideology than maybe a lot of people in the the upper portion of the spectrum because, again, process versus ends justify the means. Postmodern progressive leftists are absolutely ends justify the means, but they have a completely different value set that just is... It doesn't function in this in in the society in in a, in a United States that that I grew up in and that I value, and so I watch all these riots happen. And I'm going to be honest with you. I get, and I wasn't even I didn't even think I was going to rant on this one, but I probably should because I I still haven't gotten it out of my system yet, and it still pisses me the fuck off. I sat there and I watched these riots happening. In places where I know <clears throat> there are, <clears throat> let me just come out and say it, sorry, not sorry. So when Chris Kyle was still alive and he did his book, he had his book and he went on his book signing tour, I was at the freaking SHOT Show, shooting and hunting outdoor uh, trade show, you know, SHOT Show, that the big international trade show for shooting and hunting and, and everything, guns and military related, etc. Shot show. Okay? I was at Shot Show that year. I went to the meet and greet with Chris Kyle. I've got his book. He signed his book and he put a little handwritten, personalized note in the book for me. I shook his hand. I was there in the room. What was there? All of you that sit here listening to this, if you were there, how many people were there? Several hundred? There had to have been at least several hundred people in that room with Chris Kyle. And what was Chris Kyle's book about? Essentially sheepdog. Being the sheepdog. He's going to be the sheepdog. Standing in between the innocent sheep, the innocent 
and the evil. Standing guard, standing in front of evil to protect innocence. I know the fucking, excuse me, I know the freaking faces that I saw in that room. They've all got the, man, is it hard for me not to just uncork with my language. Sorry. They all got the same damn book. They all sent, got the same, they all shook his hand. They all got his little, they're all a little grip and grin. You know, oh, I got a picture with Chris Kyle. You probably haven't even freaking cracked open the goddamn book and read the damn thing. But yet, at that function, the number of people that I know that were in that room, they were sitting there walking around with their freaking chest puffed out, their shoulders back, their head up, walking around like their arms are 24-inch biceps. They can't put their arms back. They're walking around all cocky, just, yeah, I'm a sheepdog. I'm a sheepdog. I'm a, the fuck you are. You weren't in 2020 because I know damn well where you live and I watched the goddamn cities burn around you and what did you do? Well, I'm going to go up and shoot. I'm going to go up. Uh, I'm going to go to Total Archery Challenge. And uh, I'm going to go take my bow. And I'm going to shoot some arrows at some big uh, pieces of foam. Ah. Meanwhile, your city burns. The, si- the freaking people that you said you were a sheepdog for are freaking hurting, sitting there, unable to defend their, their cities. Because why? The cops aren't. The cops work for the freaking city. They don't work for the public. They work for the city. And when the city when the, the the city managers and the mayor and everybody else tells the cops to stand down or the cops are there just there to make sure that nobody's getting outright killed and they've got all their assets over by City Hall, guess who's not taking care of the small business owner? Yeah, you. Freaking sheepdogs that you said you were... Sh- I, hate the, I hate that term. I... I my apologies to Tim Kennedy because I think he's he he's making that that actually means something. But the but the, all the people that went to the freaking Chris Kyle book signing and shook his hand and got their fucking selfies with him and 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 walked around and I'm a sheepdog. I'm a sheepdog. The hell you are. You're nothing but a sheep that learned to bark. That's it. Because you did nothing. And I'm sitting here watching these cities burn knowing damn well who in the sportsman community that have big profiles, big names, lots of followers out there with their face in front of shit. People that are former military, former special operators, people that are MMA, people that are CrossFit guys, people that talk this big ass game about how awesome and how badass they are about all their fitness and all this, but you're, you're full of shit. It's all bravado that means nothing because you're a sheep that just simply learned to bark. That's it. Because you did nothing. You did nothing. When your cities burned, you walked away. And you walked up at you. What'd you go? You climbed the mountain to go hike. You know, I'm going to go fish some backcountry lakes. Well, good for you. I hope you have fun. While your community is suffering, you said you were a sheepdog. You're full of shit, you cowardly piece of shit. Okay? It still pisses me off today. And so here I am in northwest Kansas. Okay, we don't... No one around us is doing anything. We literally had somebody go up, and we don't have many black people in our community. And I'm saying that on purpose. And we don't have very many Hispanic people in our community. And I say this on purpose. Not Not from a racist standpoint, but from a standpoint of... It's just white kids, farm kids, mostly poor kids up here. We don't have a lot of wealth in this region of Kansas. 
And it's mostly white farm kids. And we had somebody go spray paint, you know, one something up at City Hall or something like that, like BL, you know, BLM, whatever. But it was just somebody trying to get it. It literally went nowhere. They cleaned it up, moving on. Nothing happened. So nothing's happening where I'm at, which, I, hey, I'm, I'm thankful for, I'm happy for. But I'm sitting here looking at all these other cities, and I'm going, what do I do? And, I, and I'm probably like a lot of you. I'm like, what am I going to do? Am I, am I just going to load up all of my assets and get in a vehicle and drive five hours somewhere? Do you want to know how many times I wrestled with that idea? I ultimately didn't. Because my concern was I had no, I had no skin in the game in those communities. I really didn't. And then we had, uh, what's his face? The kid with the, the freaking Kmart AR. He goes. We know If you know the damn truth of the story, he was there helping those businesses because he had some cross-pollination with that area in that community. We can argue all we want about whether or not he should have or shouldn't have, but guess what? A freaking teenage boy with a Walmart fucking gun stepped up where operators who have major platforms didn't do fucking shit all. Okay? Now, at the time, at the time, all of the people that I'm listening to that were former special operations guy were all Navy SEAL guys. And I'm listening to them and on their podcast and they're, they're, we're going to go up to Total Archery Challenge. The fuck you... What the... What? 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 Of anybody that could provide leadership in a time when your community is in crisis. Hmm, maybe these guys could. If anybody had connections with a greater community of former veterans and operators and people who've gone overseas and actually fought people like, oh, fucking hell, yeah. I didn't, I wasn't thinking about I was going to rant on this, but here we go. Of all the freaking people that could have provided leadership, guidance, organization, direction they did nothing and I lo- I was losing my shit but guess what that was partly on my fault why because I'm watching Navy SEALs what do Navy SEALs do Navy SEALs take orders and then they go and execute figuratively and literally they go pull triggers and they go clear rooms and they go do bad shit to bad people and make that place a better place but what do they do they follow orders and they go execute in and out. If we look at the special forces, you army special forces, what do they do? Many times they're the ones going over and embedding, what is it, winning the hearts and minds, living with the people, training those people, teaching them how to be. Huh. If I had been clear headed back in then, I would have walked away from the Navy SEAL shits that were doing nothing. And I would have started following Tim Kennedy earlier. I would have started following Mike Glover earlier. Why? Look at what they're doing. They are doing something. They are doing something constructive. Now, maybe it wasn't in the communities. But look at look at Mike Glover and his American contingency. That's literally what they're doing, is putting together these, these networks of people that can help hold their communities together. I should have been following them. I should have been going all in on them. I should have been I should have been doing as much as I could to support them. But I didn't. I didn't know any better at the time. I knew who Tim Kennedy was, um, but I didn't follow him at the time. 
I knew who Mike Glover was from when way back when he start, first started out, and it was a little clunky, and so I kind of walked away. Come back after you know a year, or a couple years, dude's got it going. Between American contingency and fieldcraft survival, he's doing some amazing stuff. But it makes sense because the special forces—that's their mindset. How do I teach? How do I get people? How do I teach people and prepare pe- the citizenry of the community? The thing that pissed me off so much, I think, was that that so many retired special operators that have these big platforms. Now, granted, I have up, I have uh, utmost respect for them in what they did, and I understand that they're retired, and I understand that. But most of these guys live in the middle of freaking BFE, where there's no, you know, I've, I've listened to one, and he said, you know, what is it going to take you to get off the bench? And he's like, well, if someone comes after my family, dude, you live in the middle of nowhere. By the time someone comes for you to get the, your ass off the bench, for for the by the time someone comes after your family, at your home, dude, the cities have already fallen, and quite honestly, your state has already fallen. All you're gonna do is stand there in your little rural your little rural house and hold the ground to keep your family. You've already lost, dude. You've lost the entire war as far as the ideology on the the state that you're in, the cities that are around you. No, damn it, get off the fucking bench and help provide some leadership and some guidance and some instruction on what does the average American do? How do we go? This is what pissed me off last year. What was so frustrating, watching these cities burn. I'm sitting here going, I'm, I'm half tempted to go into my safe and empty that fucker, load it in the back of my truck, and just drive. It would not have turned out well. It would not have turned out well. It would not have been constructive. Luckily, my thinking through things, I didn't do it. <clears throat> because it wouldn't have been constructive. Why? Because I don't know how to plan a freaking operation and what needs to happen and all the dynamics, the psychology of it, of mob and bliss, that, and the other thing. But there's a hell of a lot of law enforcement folks that do there's a lot of Navy SEALs that do. There's a lot of Special Forces operators that do because you are willing to go over fucking seas to Afghanistan and Iraq and do what? That exact fucking thing. Stand in between the Taliban, the ISIS, everybody, Al-Qaeda. You are going to stand between them and the citizens, the average citizen on the street that was trying to make a living and go to school and have a business. You were willing to go over there, stand in, and be a sheepdog, and stand between evil and the innocent over fucking there, and you were willing to give your life, but you did nothing jack shit all in the United States while the cities around you burned. Man, do you... So I was a little upset last year. Still not happy about it. Very grateful. That Mike Glover has got American contingency up and going. Very grateful to see what Tim Kennedy, what did I say? Mike, Mike Glover, American contingency and fieldcraft survival. I will shake his hand someday. Tim Kennedy, Lord willing, he comes home. He's over there now, we'll get to that. Lord willing, he comes home in one piece. But what he's doing with Apogee, with Sheepdog response. Again, I freaking hate that name, but hey, at least he's making it earn it. 
we could have had as as a community, as conservatives, as as Americans that wanted to stand up in our community and do something. We could have benefited from all of the fucking education that our taxpayer dollars spent educating some of these people on exactly how to set yourself up in between an insurgency and the innocent public. And I don't care if that insurgency is Al-Qaeda or if we're talking about BLM, we're talking about Antifa. It should have been a lot easier. In, from my optic, where I was in my world last year to this day now, I didn't see any leadership on someone rallying people in Denver, in Seattle, in California, where you, you pick your city. I didn't see anybody saying, okay, here's what's going on. We know that we law enforcement could have absolutely been working with retired or, or just not retired, but ETS military people saying, listen, guys, we need, we need bodies on the ground. We need boots on the ground. Don't, you know, we can talk about leaving your weapons at home or whatever, but we need, here's what we need. We need this, we, we know that Antifa is going to be have a uh, protest here. We've got these businesses. We would need some people out here that can line that sidewalk and provide blocking or could provide... There should be a way that we could have organized as a community and said, hey, put it on social media. Anybody want to get involved with this? Because here's what's going to happen. We're going down here tonight at this time. We're going to go to this block of the city and we're going to stand guard and we're going to make sure that the protest happens peacefully. They have a right to protest. They don't have a right to loot and burn and destroy and no. So we're going to go down. We're going to organize. We're going to meet here. We're going to drive here. We're going to block here. We're going to position here. And this is what we're going to do. And everybody just be safe. But we're going to make sure that these people don't trash these people's businesses. That should have happened. That fucking should have happened and it didn't. I didn't see it. At least I didn't see it. And so while I'm sitting here in the middle of nowhere, just getting angrier and angrier at, the, at, at major personalities that have massive platforms with major uh, deployment knowledge and organizational, organizational knowledge doing jack shit all that infuriated me. And I, and I was in a very, very dark place. That's why I started down that I dove all in with Jordan Peterson. I was like, all right, I've got I've to wrap my head around some shit. And why did I go to Jordan Peterson? Because Jordan Peterson started out, the reason why he started his career is because he wanted to wrap his head around how could someone like Hitler rise to power? It's not that someone like Hitler exists. It's not like someone, you know, uh, 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 pick, your bru- pick your flavor of ruthless dictator. It's not that that dictator exists. It's the, the, the society around them that lifted them up and allowed and or allowed it to happen. And so that's what I'm like, I've got to understand why I'm watching people that should have the knowledge, skill set to do something are literally doing jack shit. <clears throat> Why the average citizen that knows this stuff is wrong, that knows that we should not be tolerating it, is simply sitting idly by and quiet and acquiescing. So I dove in. 
uh, now I'm going on what two years or no? Well, uh, it's been a year plus. <clears throat> Let's just say from when I started getting my head wrapped around some things. So I'm a, I'm a year into it now, where I'm under, understanding ideology, I'm understanding people, I'm understanding behavior, I'm understanding things a little bit better. That helped. That 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 genuinely helped me wrap my brain around some things. So if you are struggling with some of the same things that I was struggling with and just why the hell are we watching why are we watching our communities burn and no one doing anything about it? <clears throat> I would absolutely recommend you go down the rabbit hole with Jordan Peterson and and some of his other discuss and he's got so much stuff but <clears throat> sorry. We'll see if my voice holds out cuz the other thing that's going on out here right now, man, if you have seasonal allergies like hay fever we've got ragweed out here in kosher that is just rocking right now and so i'm doped up on antihistamine medication but it's still affecting my nose and my throat so sorry <clears throat> but if, if you were in a dark place and, and you were having trouble understanding why people are doing what they're doing and especially when you're sitting watching um what's going on with you know just with whether it's covid related crap whether it's the crt you know the uh, critical race theory crap What's going on in our school? You you owe it to yourself to to understand who you are, how you yourself think, how your personality uh, uh, affects that, um, because then it can help you wrap your head around what other people think uh, as far as their ideologies. And once you start to do that, then it gets a little better. You're like, okay, now I understand that it's not that they're. It's not that they are complicit with this. It's that they don't even see the same. They're not even perceiving the same thing I am. Their their brain is not even fun, is not even processing the reality around them in the same way my brain processes the reality around me. And quite honestly, your brain is what actually gives you the reality that you live in. That's why mental health is so important. That I again, I was in a dark place, and in my reality was. The world around, everything that I valued, everything that I held true, everything that I valued with the, the American dream and, and, and the, the, the American ideals, the Constitution, and what this country offers, was just burning down to the ground. And I'm watching the very people that should be those ones that had the best ability to step in and be the sheepdog literally do nothing. And so it was, no, I I was in a very bad place, but I was able to get myself out of that by learning about myself better. So first and foremost, go to Jordan Peterson's website, jordanpeterson.com, take his personality course, understand, go through it, understand who you are and how you think, go all the way through it to where you come out the other end and you take the test and it lays out exactly who you are, how your brain works, how you think, how you process things. It's, it's, it's eye opening. All right, and then you can then start to see other people around you and make sense of other people around you. So that that's entire that's massively valuable. So that's where I was last year, and I and then I got out of it, and it was a better year. Twenty twenty one start. Okay, we had a slow start, but we're getting through it, and it started getting better and better. And okay, we are, and then here we go. No, I don't even want to talk about the COVID bullshit stuff. I mean, that's just that's you want to talk about brainwashing bullshit. On both sides of the equation, but the number of people that refuse to do their own research and literally look at what the CDC says, like what the CDC actually says, not what the media says, not what they want the media say, no, no, not what social media says, what does CDC actually say? 
they're freaking out to lunch. It's just, it's absolute willful. It's, we can, we can talk about cognitive dissonance, but this is like willful, defiant ignorance. I will not learn the truth behind things because fuck you and you're, and, and the way you think. And it's just, again, because I spent time trying to understand how people think, it's helped ameliorate some of my angst, if you will. But here we go with Afghanistan, Matt. I'm I'm starting to feel as though I'm slipping into the same frickin' thing that I did watching the Antifa riots. Now, granted, the Antifa riots were small potatoes. I mean, like, they weren't even potatoes. It's insignificant versus what's going on right now in Afghanistan. But I'm watching the same frickin' thing of those people that absolutely have in the power of their hand to do something, to sit back and do nothing. What am I, what am I talking about? Let's just start at the easy. Okay, Congress, Congressman Crenshaw. Dan Crenshaw. I have a lot of respect for Dan. And I'm going to use Dan because I'm not going to talk, I'm not going to say Crenshaw. That just doesn't roll off the tongue like Dan. He's a congressman. I respect him. I respect him as a congressman. I respect the office that he holds. And I respect his service. So let's just get that out of the way. So Dan Crenshaw. I, Dan, I don't need to hear. I don't need to see more tweets. I don't need to see more Instagram posts of you calling on Biden to do something. You calling on Pelosi to do something. You know damn well they're not going to do anything. You know this. So stop with the bullshit optic and you do something. So the latest one I saw was he was calling on Nancy Pelosi to, to call Congress into session so that way uh, they could vote on this. Blah, blah. You know damn well she's not going to do this. Come on. Stop the bullshit posturing. Okay, I understand. There's rules in Congress. But you want to know something else? I understand also about the optic of putting something... I'll bet you any money, Dan, you've got a congressional phone list. I bet you have the phone numbers of every fucking congressman in Congress. I bet you do. You could literally pull together. You could grab some people off the street. Professionals off the street. People that actually have some credibility. Say, hey, I need you to. I need your service right now. I need you to come with me to my office. Fill your freaking office. And then you put your phone on speaker and you start dialing. And you say, Nancy Pelosi isn't going to call the freaking Congress into session, but I bet you you could freaking pick up the phone and say, hey, Congressman so-and-so, this is what's going on. We need to do something. Here's an option. Are you willing to come in and do something? Yes or no? And they go, Congressman Crenshaw, that's a great idea. You can count on me. I'll be there. I'm coming in. All right. I'll see you here in a little bit. Click. Beep, beep, boop, 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 boop. Next phone number. Congressman so-and-so. I've been calling for this. This is what's going on. We need action. We need to do something. Are you on board? Are you willing to come in and vote on this? Yes, I am. I'll see you. Excellent. I'll see you here in a little bit. Click. Next man. Call the fucking next one. 
Are you willing to come in? No, because, you know, Nancy Pelosi and I don't. Thanks. That's all I needed to know. I need to know your name and I need to know what you said. So this congressman said, no, they're not going to come in and do anything. Plaster their freaking name all over the freaking place. And then I would absolutely reach out to those people in their districts, their communities and say, did you have sons and daughters in Afghanistan? Do you have people over there now? Well, guess what your jackass just did? They don't want to do anything. Now, I understand, Chris. Chris, but Chris. Okay, Chris. Chris, okay. Okay, Chris. Chris, okay. But you say you don't believe in ends justify the means. No, I do not. Generally. But like I talked about in understanding ideology, those ideological tendrils on how our brains think, you're goddamn right that I've got one that reaches all the way to the fucking darkest bottom of this thing of ends justify the means of, guess what? If our president and the, the, the senior leadership in Washington is going to refuse to do something and they have acted and caused this action to happen based off of an ends justify the means philosophy, then in my book, they get to taste and swallow and choke on the very same ideology that they just imposed upon this nation and the, the, the people that are over in Afghanistan that are about, they're getting blown up as we speak, that are going to die a miserable, horrible death or not get raped, tortured, etc. If you're, if the commander in chief and the senior leadership in Washington is going to shove down and ends justify the means ideology, political ideology down the rest of everyone else's throat, well, guess what? What's fair is fair. You can swallow the same damn thing. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. So buckle up, sit down, and choke on it because I'm going to shove it down your throat. So I think in this case, yes, I can make the case where maybe you start, you, you, you go around as much as you can the rules of how Congress should be convened and you pick up the fucking phone and you start calling everybody and you rally everyone around you to where you've rallied so many congressmen and women they collectively can put pressure on Pelosi to where she can't sit isolated because it will be just that. From an optic, she will be isolated. If you put two-thirds of Congress together and say, we demand to do action, and she says, nah, we're not going to do anything, well, guess what? That makes national news. And it's going to be very difficult for the mainstream media to ignore that, especially when we start to plaster it everywhere we can't. So stop calling on fucking Pelosi to do something when you have the power to do something yourself. Come on. I'm so sick of you. Stop with the freaking posturing. Don't sit there and tell me, well, Biden needs to step up. He's not. Do you think Biden is actually making the decisions? He may be the one that makes it, that formulates it out of his freaking mouth. And in this case, his arrogance and his pride and his underlying value set where he doesn't give a shit actually may be coming out here. But are, are we seriously thinking he's the mastermind behind what's going on? Not Susan Rice and all these other people, the puppet handlers behind him? It, you're calling on him. He, he created this train wreck and you're going to call on him to actually have a moment of, 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 of clarity? To do, come on. Come on. Likewise. So, again, my criticism to Congressman Crenshaw or any of the congressmen and women that are out there that want that, that want to see something change. Well, then get your fuck, just get off your freaking ass and you fucking do it. We had those congressmen that did it. I mean, 
Kudos to the, the ones that went over to Afghanistan to actually see what was going on on the ground. I will shake their freaking hands because that was brave and that was leadership. They were like, mm, I'm going over. We're going over. We're going to put eyes on the ground. We're going to see what's going on. And they came back and they were like, this is bullshit. We're being lied to. Kudos to freaking them. They actually did something. Can we not keep that momentum going? You're telling me that, and, and I guess here we are. I guess, I guess, Chris, put your fucking money where your mouth is. I guess all of us that are listening to my voice right now, you can reach out to your congressman, pick up the phone and say, get your ass back to Washington, get your ass in that chamber and vote on the damn resolution that says we're going to stay there. Because quite honestly, the last time I remember, it's Congress that actually is the one that declares war. As far as I'm concerned, if you want to, you, you really want to go down this road, guess what? We had a negotiated ceasefire with the enemy to allow people to leave in a peaceful, orderly manner. And they violated it. They attacked U.S. troops. They attacked U.S. personnel, citizens, and Afghans that were our allies as well as other allies on the, of, of other nations. Is that not an act of war? I'm sorry, the last time I thought it was. Um, and I'm sorry, last time I knew, Congress was actually the one that declared war. So why are we sitting here putting the impetus on, uh, an, uh, yeah, an impotent fucking president when Congress actually has the power to do whatever the fuck they want in this situation? Yes, do they need to have seat, ass in seats, cheeks on seats in, in, in there to get a vote? Yes, they do. Well, if you can't get that from your senior leadership, A, maybe you reflect on whether you need that senior leadership, and B, how about the rest of you just rally together and you force that senior leadership to either acquiesce and call that into session or stand alone by herself. Maybe the squad, I don't give a shit, but you, you have... You already stood up to want to do something, but now they are the ones blocking it. Then fine, put their face all over the freaking news media. Put their face across the world on those that are standing in the way of actual functioning kinetic movement in a positive direction. Don't freaking just call on someone else to do it for you. That's not what a leader does. <coughs> and quite honestly... I'm really disappointed at our military leadership right now. I know damn well that our top brass in Washington are spineless wonders. They've been selected for that. And where did, who is I? Oh, golly. Um, it was Jack Carr and... I was just listening. I just, oh, sorry, man. I just blanked on your name, and, and I, I apologize. Hold on, because uh, it's, it's deserved. It. Um, ah, oh, crap. Hold on, hold on, hold on, because it's deserved. Um, what was I just listening to? Sean Parnell. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Sean Parnell. Um, they had a great discussion about how. The game is played, especially especially in the officer ranks, on who gets promoted and who doesn't, and the rosy red uh, sun, you know, glasses that they put on one another and and provide reports up the food chain because 
if you provide a bad report, then it's probably going to look poorly on you and you're not going to get promoted. But if everything's great, well, then you can get promoted. So that that false sense of security and, and rosiness just goes up the chain. Well, the people that are the guys that know how to play the politics and, and know how to paint things rosy are the ones that end up climbing the ladder, especially under an administration like this where it's political. So I'm sure that the senior brass, the generals that are around Biden right now are worthless pieces of shit. I, apl- I thank them for their service. And I wish they would just get the hell out of the way right now because they're ineffective. Because at some point, I remember there comes a time when you disobey a bullshit deadly order. Now, we can have a discussion on that. Jocko might want to jump down my throat. I don't care. I'll have that discussion with him. But I do remember there's a section in there where you essentially an immoral, unlawful order. Now, this may be a lawful order from Joe Biden. But can we say it's moral? Fuck no. Excuse my language. I can't. So there are gen- there are commanders, there are colonels, majors that are literally in command of, I don't know, air wings, drone troops. Have, we haven't had a, a, gen- a, a commander just go, Fuck a bunch of this. Go. And just look at his look at his entire chain of command and say, go. Get shit done. Yes. Is he going to be... Is he going to... Is there going to be all sorts of shit happen? Yes, there is. But he could... He or she could start a kinetic action over there to actually get something going on the ground. Actually provide support to our British, French... All the other allies that are out there. Yes, he's probably going to be put in handcuffs or whatever, but we need a a chain of command of leadership that says, this is a moral, this is putting the, the United States at further risk, this is putting our allies at risk, this is a bullshit order, and I'm not following it, and I'm going to go do something. I understand. I understand that's not chain of command. I understand that that would be frowned upon, shall we say. And I'm guessing they'll be put in prison. Okay, well then you ask me. If if, if a commander had the chance to, to shut down Adolf Hitler back in the day, how do I want to put this? Jeez, O.P., let me just let me just go right for the nuts. Let me punch you right square in the gut. How many of these commanders, how many of these pe- military people are the ones that sit there that, that are religious people, that call themselves Christians, that would literally sit there and say, what would Jesus do in their lives? If you are a Christian and if you are in that position, how many times do we have to, in the, in the New Testament, do we see Paul sitting in prison. Why? Because he acted on his beliefs and he put his beliefs out in the field in front of him. He lived it. He was willing to sit in prison if it meant that he could help save other people. Are you telling me that a few months, a few years in prison is not worth the life of tens of thousands of American citizens? 
soldiers, high value a- Afghan allies, our other allies? Are you seriously telling me that that sitting in prison for a couple years isn't worth it? I understand it's a sacrifice. Yes, it's a sacrifice. For what? Tens of thousands of people. What are they going to do? Put you in front of a firing squad? I highly doubt it. Because the the vast majority of the United States would rally behind them and be like, I don't give a shit what he did if he broke chain of command. He did what was supposed to, he or she did what was supposed to be, what morally should have been done. How there isn't a freaking drone squadron that has been said, I don't give a shit. Launch them fuckers and start taking out targets. Guess what? We've got people like Tim Kennedy sitting on the ground over there. All you need to do is get a message to say, hey, Tim, uh, we've got some packages on our way. How about you just go ahead and point uh, that kind of little shiny, that little high little laser there. Just kind of point us in the direction where you want these uh, Christmas packages delivered. And, uh, oh, by the way, get the fuck out of the way. Do you think they wouldn't just scatter like rats and be like, ha, 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 yes, we will. They would just flat in, I know know our military. They would direct fire that fucking fast. And we could go boom, 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 and strategically take out some big ass shit and say, oh, by the way, our commander in chief, he's got some mental issues. He's no longer being listened to. We'll let all the frickin' shit hit the fan back in Washington. Let it happen. But you give us a couple days of actual kinetic action on the ground doing something, we could save lives. And I don't care what the cost is for someone's career. Is it not better to save fucking lives? How do we not have leadership doing that right now? That is what's frustrating the shit out of me right now. I, I can't. I can't do anything. What am I going to do? load up my my safe in the back of my truck and drive to the airport and then what what i just we kelly and i just spent 500 we sent 500 to the global surgical medical support group to help the airlift operation they soon as they they got the money they were getting ready to go wheels up and that's when the rocket attack started and literally everything all the airspace shut down for any commercial or or private contractor aircraft coming in so bam, now they're on plan B. Now they're trying to just pay the, the help the people repatriate and get through. And now the terrorist attacks going on outside the airport are shutting those efforts down. So now they're going into a phase three of just, can we provide medical support for those people that need it? I, that's literally what I can do. I mean, you've got professionals that know how to get into country at they can't get into country. What the fuck am I going to do? I can't do anything. So I'm. I, this is worse for me now than it was with Antifa because at least with Antifa, if I really got pissed off, I could drive and go show the freaking hell up. I could stand with, you know, what's his face there. Why am I miss? Why am I, I? I'm sorry. My brain is. Rittenhouse, Kyle Rittenhouse. I could go stand shoulder to shoulder with Rittenhouse and try to freaking do something. But this, I can't do a damn thing. But what I'm watching is the same fucking thing that I watched last year that's pissing me off. The people that have the power to do something are sitting back and doing nothing. Why? Well, because that's not how it's supposed to happen. What do you mean it's not supposed Well, this person is supposed to make this decision and then they're supposed to do that and then... Okay, yes, got it. They will not and are not. So... You want to just sit back and watch all these people die? Fuck you. I'm sorry. 
Fuck you. If that's what you're going to say, fuck you. You have not exhausted all options. You haven't. You've sat back on your hands and done nothing. So I guess that's maybe what is it? Maybe that's at the... Uh, so here we are. Right? Maybe I'll kill it here because I, I don't know how much more constructive I've got for you other than me just rant, pissed off ranting. But maybe that's what we just need to do. Every one of us. Whether you have in the past or not, you just get on the freaking phone and start calling your congressman and tell him to get your ass back to, to Washington. You need to get in there and vote on a resolution to get the, our to, to extend this, to, to authorize a kinetic action on the ground to ensure we get everyone out and, I would say, our assets. Yes, does that mean we're going to go to war in Afghanistan again? Yep, it does. But guess what? Do we need to be providing the, our enemy that has... They, they haven't changed their... They violated the damn ceasefire. They haven't even given us to the 31st. And you think they're going to stay there. You think that everything's going to be fine when we leave. You think there's not going to be any other terrorist attack around the around the world, let alone our country, with the weakness that our president is showing? Of course they are. They're going to use our weaponry against us. You're telling... This is why I cannot... I'm sorry, Dan Crenshaw. I'm sorry, man. I respect you, brother. I will shake your hand. I will let you punch me square in the fucking face if I piss you off. But I no, no. Get your ass in gear. Rally the rest of the guys and gals in Congress. I guess it's up to us. I'm going to own it. We need to get on the phone and start calling ours and say, get your ass in gear. And if they don't, if if, if I know you're going to get half to two-thirds of the freaking... You, you can't tell me you're not going to get two-thirds of Congress willing to, to show up and do something. If we can't, if, if that's not going to happen, fine. Then expose the shit out of those who didn't show up. But if you've got two-thirds showing up, guess what you could probably also do? I don't know the rules, but I bet you if you had two-thirds of the freaking majority of Congress that said, we are here to do something and Nancy Pelosi is standing in the way, well, guess what? That two-thirds could also say, well, then maybe we need to consider whether or not we want to keep Nancy Pelosi at that chair. You got two-thirds of the freaking Congress there, maybe. I don't know. But it'll be, can we just at least fucking try? Don't wait for fucking Nancy Pelosi to do something when you know she won't. You do it. At least try to do it. And if that doesn't work, I'm sorry. You've got connections. Other people have connections. Where are the freaking commanders on the ground in charge of these air wings, in charge of these troops, in charge of these drones that don't just sit there and look at each other and go, I'm willing to take one for the team. Are you? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Okay, make it happen. They're going to suffer the consequences. But I can guarantee well to you, as a citizen of the United States, I will fucking do everything I can to rally behind them and show support when we have an abject moral failure from the highest levels of, of the commander-in-chief. Again, when you talk about following orders, there's legal orders. And there's moral orders. I'm sorry, this is an amoral order. I, 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 it's immoral. And I don't understand how the military's following it. Someone needs to step up and take my opinion, purely my opinion. I think we need a military commander or two or three to step up, take one for the team, and put their career and their temporary, and I say temporary freedom, because I can't, I don't even care if it's the rest of your life you sit in prison. 
I understand what I'm saying. I fully, fully understand what I'm saying. But I can't imagine that as this election comes around, the next go-around, I don't foresee Biden getting re-elected. And I can imagine the very next president coming in would be like, hmm, there's a pardon, and there's a pardon, and there's a pardon, and there's a pardon. And oh, by the way, here's a congressional medal of whatever. Because you did what needed to be done. Temporary freedom to save the lives of tens of thousands of people. Is that not a worthy trade? I think it is. All right. Get on the phone. Call your congressman. Thanks for listening, guys.